Welcome to Social Media Blues, a podcast for those who struggle with social media but can't afford to get out of it. I am your hostess, Elsa Figueroa, and this is today's episode. Welcome to Social Media Blues. This is episode 26, and today is Thursday, September 19th. Wow. I'm already thinking about Halloween, guys. I just am. So, um, what's cool this week or what I'm excited about this week? Well, uh, my good friend Francesca shared this amazing podcast with me and really this, this huge resource. It's called the Center for Humane Technology and they have started putting out a podcast called Your Undivided Attention. Wait, is that what it's called? No, I'm, I'm doubting myself. But j just, just visit their website and you'll find the information about your, your undivided attention. Yes. So, um, yes, that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. And um, it's the Center for Humane Technology. And basically what it is, uh, I'm going to read straight from their website, is an independent nonprofit organization whose aim is to drive a comprehensive shift toward humane technology by changing the way technologists think about their work and how they build products. We're creating the conditions for a new race to the top to realign technology with humanity. I think this is amazing work. And actually, um, one of the founders is Tristan Harris, a design ethicist at Google. Um, so, yes, so Tristan Harris as a Raskin, um, who's also these power people who have worked with um, Silicon Valley, so and Silicon Valley um, top technology companies. So they come from that side into this other side of trying to say, hey, th this is a problem, the way we've been doing things, and we need to, to change that. So they're addressing both designers and the general public as well in order to educate people about the problem, because that's also part of Of, of their mission. So I'm really excited to continue listening to their podcast series. It's incredibly, incredibly fascinating and, and disturbing and also informative. So I encourage you to check that out. Their website is humanetech.org. Sorry, humanetech.com is the website, humanetech.com. And their podcast is Your Undivided Attention. So check them out. What I'm bugged about this week, well, actually, I've been thinking a lot about attention and how we're all trying to get attention on social media. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to either, you know, but um, I will say that I what I try to do the way I see it is to think about what am I doing with the attention? What, why do I want attention? What am I doing this for? What, what is the attention for? Am I trying to promote myself as a person uh, that does this or that? Or am I trying to promote my business or my work? And I've noticed that the more I spend time promoting my business on social media, the less time I spend posting on my own personal accounts. I haven't really been posting a whole lot on Instagram or Facebook. Um, 
I no longer really share external links. Like sometimes I'll watch a YouTube video and I'm like, oh, this would be cool to share on Facebook. I'm like, no, the algorithm is just going to demote it. So there's no point really. Um, and I haven't really been sharing a lot on Instagram. I'm probably going to do a daily dance challenge again in October. So I'll be posting more on Instagram. But um, in general, I'm not posting a whole lot at all about my life. I'm mostly posting about the studio and social media blues. And I find that a lot more interesting because I get to really share about content and about my ideas. And I don't have to think about... I don't know, my cousin or my whatever, um, looking at my posts. I don't know. I just, it's, it's different. It's more focused. It's more exciting. It's more creative uh, than just posting about my life randomly. So anyway, um, and I also don't use my personal accounts to post about my business uh, very rarely. Like there was a workshop last Sunday and I did one post on Instagram about that just to you know, get any people who might be interested who are following me on my personal Instagram page. But other than that, I really don't do that. I keep them separate. So, um, you know, I, I just noticed that. And so I'm, I'm very clear on what I want the attention for. Um, and I try to, 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 to be very aligned with that vision. Um, and, and it's tricky, it's hard work, and you have to really constantly be thinking about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, but getting attention just for attention's sake, like I will see people posting and I'm like, you're not selling anything. You're not, I don't know, sharing anything specific. You're just posting pictures of yourself and just, you know, taking random quotes from the internet and what is it all in service of? What, what is your aim here? Like, it doesn't seem like they're trying to get anywhere. They're just building a, a, an audience just to have an audience. And that is the, the tricky part of this whole thing is that you're building this audience and what are you giving them? Anyway, just that, that's food for thought. But I'm going to talk a lot more about that next week. This week, I'm going to talk about back to basics, how to be your own assistant. And you'll see how I'm going to do this, but mostly I'm not going to do this whole list of things that you can do to be your own assistant. I'm going to take a more um, big picture approach to it. Um, I found myself getting a lot more organized recently. I spent, you know, years believing that I was a hopeless mess, that I was prone to chaos, and that I would end up buried under a big bad wave of overwhelm. I thought that was my nature. Uh, I had this, this belief deep down in me that I am just a messy, very messy human that is hopelessly disorganized. But there was something very, very wrong with that belief. One, that I was assuming of myself that even if I was chaotic and disorganized by nature, even if that was true somehow, that that's not something I could change if I wanted to. But second, it just wasn't true. Because a long time ago, as an order undergrad in college, I was super organized. Yet, I felt such a huge disconnect with that undergrad version of me that I had even forgotten about it. But as I began to delve back into the past to challenge my assumptions about myself, I rediscovered 
that dutiful student, the one that woke up at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning, depending on that semester schedule, to work out, shower, make breakfast, pack lunch, and head to the bus stop to go to school. The one that made her bed every single morning. The one that kept a very well-organized binder and planner, who printed out her deliveries the day before, who divided up reading material into smaller chunks, who made schedules with time blocks for each class, who religiously cleaned up her bedroom every single weekend. What happened to her? Well, in part, she moved in with a messy human being who came, became her life partner and got a full-time job. Then she went to grad school, took up dancing, and became a freelancer in the Bay Area, one of the most expensive places in the world. Mayan mentioned she did it all without driving a car. And, well, her partner was mostly unemployed. Yep, that will do it. I am now slowly getting back to where I was, taking driving lessons, making it a big priority to learn to drive safely and independently, getting smart about process, and really listening to myself and what I prefer. Because, guess what? Your organizational method is for you. And this is the point I was missing all those years. I was imagining there was some ideal, magical way in which people who seemed to have their shit together organized their lives and just didn't, I just didn't know what that was, or I wasn't smart enough to figure it out, or I was just a disorganized person and there was no way that I could ever do that. So I stayed away from even looking at other people's organization approaches because they made me cringe, like Mary Kondo, cringe. I thought I was missing some essential ingredient that everybody else had. So I stayed away from YouTube videos showing you how to get organized or how to get your finances in order. It was all nausea inducing. But turns out I was actually missing a very key ingredient, the point. And the point is to find something that works for you because organization at the end of the day is for you. And I will even go as far as saying that it's a form of self-care. Taking out an hour or two a week to get organized, to lay down what you actually need to do, no bullshit, no pie-in-the-sky dreams about crazy schedules you won't keep, but what you actually need to prioritize makes everything go a lot smoother. And look, I am also you know, the type of person that cringes when I hear the word organization and getting organized, but it doesn't have to be like this very GI drill sergeant type of thing. It can just be something that you use to kind of make things a little bit easier for yourself. That's why I say it's for you. It doesn't have to look any particular way. And what I discovered in this process was that um, the idea that there is some magical process to it all is a product of this mindset of this one-size-fits-all solution that benefits people who want to sell you stuff, like an app or something. A lot of the apps I've tried in the past, and I've tried a lot of them, were paid and were also thought out for like teams of people. So in those cases, if you have to collaborate with others, understand the value of sharing common streamlined service that gets updated in real time, but for a one or two person operation, this might be overkill. And, and that's what I found is that I would try these great apps and they had like all these functionality that I didn't really need. 
So if you listen to those episodes back in July, I, I did a series of episodes that will discovery my social media process. And during those episodes, I was doing the work of figuring out, like as I was doing the podcast, figuring out truly what works for me in terms of my social media planning. And one thing I discovered is that I prefer a combination of pen and paper and digital. So I can't put it all, put it all in, on an app. There are certain tasks that I would rather do on paper. And there's, there's a way in which certain apps, certain software, just kind of with all this crazy functionality just kind of gets in the way. Um, and it's almost like you have to learn to use the tool and find out about all the features and figure it out. And it's like, that's too much information. I just need somewhere where my tasks can live and I can keep track of them. So um, if you saw that, if you follow me on Instagram, if you follow social media blues on Instagram, um, I shared a photo of my social media planner, just a picture of like a page. Um, and that is something that has been really helpful for me personally. And you might use other things because again, it has to do with what you find helpful. I tell you what I find helpful because it's my experience and that experience might give you some ideas about where to start. And it can also help dislodge this concept that there's an ideal way of doing things, which is something that I struggle with a lot. I um, think, oh, there must be some established ideal way of doing this particular thing. And a lot of the time there isn't or the established way doesn't really work for you. So... This part about getting organized is for you. It doesn't have to be external. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. It just has to make sense to you. And the point of it is to find something that will really get you the results that you want, which is get shit done. So um, I've been following this social media marketing coach um, on Instagram because she puts out a ton of content and it's very usable content and it's free. Her name is Jasmine Starr, and she has a company called Social Curator. Um, and she has this method, which she shared in one of her videos on IGTV, where she creates like this table of content. So basically on the left, she has all the categories. And on the top, she has um, the themes, something like that. So um, that she makes a table and then she crosses category and theme and then she comes up with the content, like a post idea. And then she goes out and looks for the photos because she's also a photographer. So that's kind of the way she does it. I kind of tried that. It wasn't really clicking for me, but that's the whole point. She was sharing it and hopefully that would stir something in you that will lead you to discover your own process. So um, what I learned from that is that I can, can come up with content categories outside of, you know, separately, right? Outside of any day-by-day -day planning or anything else. So before starting with like, I'm going to post a picture of this thing with this um, with this caption, no. Before I even do that, I think about the categories and the, the content types, the, the topics. So right now what I do is I have business content areas that I want to address with my content. So what are my posts related to? Um, belly dance classes, am I talking about the space as a potential rehearsal space? 
or for classes or events or any events that I'm producing. I grab a piece of paper and I make a list of content ideas. A photo of me sweeping the dance floor and then a short blurb about, you know, how good it feels to do that or some sort of reflection. And that would be kind of like a behind the scenes type of post. And once I have a list, then I assign them to a platform. Is this better on Facebook? Is this better on Instagram? Or is this better as a blog post? And then I assigned those to a particular day. So like I said before, seeing this work from a content creation perspective, um, I think I, I mentioned that last week, how turning this into a content creation job really helped me show up with a lot more enthusiasm as opposed to just marketing and sales, right? If I call it marketing and sales, then I'm gonna be a whole lot less enthusiastic about it. But if I call it content creation, then I'm gonna be more enthusiastic. And this is content creation, because you're doing copy, you're designing, um, a, uh, you know, like visuals, you're taking pictures, you're sharing videos, like it's, it's like a whole messaging thing. So. It has helped me immensely to reframe this process and enjoy it a whole lot more. So do what works for you. If you want to call it something else, then go ahead. I was talking with a friend yesterday and he was saying, um, I was telling him this exact thing and it's like, oh, if I think of it in terms of publishing and I'm like, yes, exactly. Cause that's been his experience and you know, he's more leaning in that direction. So apart from the social media stuff, um, you know, that's the social media planning part of it. Uh, but the idea of becoming your own assistant or your own project manager um, really involves a lot more than that, depending on who you are and what your life is like. So I came up with this topic for today because during the past month or so, I found myself in a process of understanding how the way I feel about the things I need to do doesn't need to determine whether I do it or not. So what do I mean by that? I mean that I've been really pushing myself to get things done, even if I don't want to do them. So I've done that many times in the past, of course, but what is different this time is that I acknowledge my feelings. For example, I have a time block on a particular day to do the laundry. Um, sometimes I don't mind doing the laundry. Sometimes I mind a whole lot. Sometimes it sucks. And it doesn't always, sometimes it does. So um, if I said though that I was gonna do it in a specific time block to get it out of the way because that's the day when I have the time to do it and I don't have really have any other time to do it and if I don't do it in that time, it's gonna mess everything up further down the line, then, um, you know, even if I hate it, I'm like, okay, I acknowledge that I hate that I have to do the laundry. I acknowledge my feelings. I don't ignore them. And, um, but I don't make, I don't try to make stories about how much I should love doing the laundry or how excited I should be. I just simply do it. I can make it a bit more interesting. I can brew some coffee or put in a podcast that I want to listen to while doing it, etc. And then I start and I start sucking a little less and then I get it done. And then afterwards, I can just sit back and be like, oh, congratulations, you did the laundry, like patting myself on the back. I mean, like, okay, I'm grateful I did that. That's done. I'm, I'm glad. 
So there's no pressure really to enjoy doing anything, something that you don't feel like doing in the moment, right? Um, even if something that you're excited about, like writing um, a piece for your blog or whatever, like maybe you don't really feel like it in that moment, but you set out the time to do it. And as you get going, you get in the groove and you... Um, and you just do it, which is also part of the reason why it's important to allow enough time for certain things. Um, if you know that it takes you 15 minutes to do the dishes, um, maybe you could do it in five or 10, but just say 15 minutes so that you have enough time to just sort of like spread out a little bit. And with creative tasks, you know, give yourself more time than you think you need to do the action physically because like, for example, today I was preparing for this podcast episode and at first I was like groggy and f had like mind fog. It was the morning. I wasn't really into it. And then, but I just kept, you know, kind of tinkering with it. And then eventually I got into it and I got it going, but it took me like an hour, honestly. And yes, that's a ton of time. Um, but again, what's, what is important to you and what do you want to be doing and what do you want to show up for? And I decided that I want to show up for this podcast on Thursdays. That's my decision to make. So, um, and another thing I've learned also is that, um, how I feel any particular week can be, or any particular day can be affected by so many things. So if I wait until I feel amazing to do that thing that I've been putting off, it's just not going to happen. Like a lot of times your emotions don't align with the thing that you need to be doing at that moment. So, you know, the weather, my hormones, my energy levels, my bank account, all sorts of things can be getting in the way of how I feel. And what I am teaching myself is that no matter what, I will show up to the things I said I was going to do. Like a lot of us do this. Like we show up for work like this all the time. You like get up in the morning. I don't feel like going to work, but you just get going because you have to go because you're motivated by the fact that you need to go because you need to make money to pay rent. And if you don't show up, um, you know, several days out of the month, then you're going to end up getting fired and then you're going to, you know, lose the job and lose your source of income, that sort of thing. So that's your big motivation. Um, a lot of the time, maybe you're excited to go to work. I don't know. <laughs> but let's say on those days that you're not really motivated to go to work and you just rather stay home watching TV, then what gets you out of bed, right? So we do this for work a lot, but we don't do it for a lot of other things that are not work. So um, because owning your business or working on your project is a lot about showing up, then um, you really have to make sure that you find that motivation yourself, right? So, you know... And I've been talking a lot about this in the past few episodes, how owning your own business is not just about the glamour of the results or the supposed money that you're going to make. Getting to post about, you know, two-hour lunches with collaborators while everyone else is stuck in an office. I've seen those posts, and you've probably seen them too, where somebody's like, I'm a business owner, entrepreneur, hashtag girl boss, whatever, and here I am sitting 
uh, eating this pizza and drinking this mojito um, on a Wednesday at noon and, you know, it's great. <laughs> You're stuck in the office. I don't, I don't like that so much. Um, that's not what this is about. And I personally don't advocate for those types of posts because they make it seem like owning your own business and being self-employed is about just the fun stuff. And I, I've talked a lot about that here, how certain people who want to sell you the lifestyle are se selling a misguided picture of what it is like to own your own business. Um, some days purely suck. Some days um, on a crunch and having to work, you know, 10 hours or 12 hours doing something that really shouldn't be done for more than four hours a day uh, because it requires a lot of mental energy and focus. And um, some days I do not see the point in posting a class schedule or a video talking about how awesome my space is. I don't always feel like doing those things. I, for example, adore, adore my kittens. They have brought me a lot of love and joy into this home, but I don't always want to clean the cat litter. <laughs> okay, so cleaning the cat litter Changing the litter, doing all of those things is part of having the kittens. And, you know, this episode is called How to Be Your Own Assistant. But again, my goal is not to break down the specifics of how to do that in the form of a list of tips or hacks. This is not a hacker life type of platform anyway. More than that, what I like to offer is a big picture type of view and offer insights that might help you in your process of figuring it, all, figuring it all out yourself. So I'm not here to tell you what to do step by step, just to offer some ideas for reflection that will help you discover your, your step by step, because it's all going to depend on your particular business. What are you selling? What is your service? Your lifestyle, you know, do you have a partner? Do you have children? Where do you live in the world? What job do you have? What responsibilities do you have? Do you have student loan debts, etc., etc., etc.? So, the way that you can be your own assistant, because let's say you're a solo entrepreneur and you're starting on your project and you don't have a lot of business or any business yet, this is for now a hobby or a side hustle, whatever it is that you're doing, and you still have a regular job and regular commitments and can't afford to hire somebody to help you out, is to start first with the minimum necessary tasks. So, <clears throat> what do I mean by minimum necessary tasks? I've been a to-do lister my whole entire life. There's something so rewarding about writing long lists of things to do and then crossing them off like a boss. But over the past year or so, I have started walking away from to-do lists because in my case, at least, they destroy my motivation and are anxiety-inducing. And one error I was making was that I would lump it all into one big fat to-do list for the week or the day or the month or whatever, work projects, admin stuff, invoicing, chores, workout goals, choreography goals, writing goals, everything made it into that one list. And it was daunting. Um, so I stopped doing that. So I've now begun separating everything into projects and have become a bit of a project manager to myself. So there's project house. Okay, so that involves doing the chores, 
laundry, um, doing the dishes, cleaning the litter, um, changing the sheets, cleaning up, whatever. Then there's the project, you know, translation projects, which is subdivided into many different projects with their specific due dates. And then there's Project Studio with its many sub-projects as well. So there's the, the management and upkeep, that's the, um, the accounting, then there's the uh, promotion, etc. So instead of thinking, Elsa has to do the laundry, clean the cat litter, do the dishes, translate 6,000 words by Thursday, teach a ballet dance class, post on social media, blah, 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 I chunk it all out. And then I make a list of priorities. Okay, so I separate everything into separate, distinct projects. What is an absolute priority today? So, the point of focusing on the priorities is to not do things that you don't need to be doing necessarily in the moment that are not going to translate into value for whatever it is that you want to accomplish. Um... You really have to ask yourself, is this really necessary for me to be doing this right now? Um, if it's necessary, what is the minimum satisfactory threshold for completion? Does it have to be perfect? If I am designing a flyer, what does the flyer need? What are its goals? Who is its audience? Does it have to be the best artwork anybody's ever made? What is good enough? And that's a really difficult question to ask. Sometimes, right? So especially if you're a perfectionist, what's good enough for the purposes of this thing that I am doing? You can't give absolute perfection in absolutely everything you make. You have to allow yourself to drop the ball sometimes. And you have to be very aware where you are going to drop the ball. Are you going to drop the ball while driving, skirting through traffic? Probably not. The stakes are really high. You could get into an accident. Do you give your absolute 100% capacity every time you go to the gym, especially if you're going several times a week? No, <laughs> don't do that. Um, you'll be a pile of shit by the end of the week, or you won't have energy for a lot of other things. So ask yourself always, what are the stakes here? What am I sacrificing to make this absolute perfection? Is it worth it? Some things you'll need to do better than others. I am not getting a prize for best cat litter cleaners of 2019 or best dishwasher of 2019. I just want to get it done. Good enough, not leaving traces of food on the plates would be ideal. Cups not tasting like soap, etc. <laughs> That's not my bare minimum for doing the dishes. But I don't need to spend a lot of energy thinking about that, about the technique and the process. I just dive in and do the dishes, just get it done. And if I don't have a lot of time because I have other priorities and commitments, um, you know, time constraints, what is the absolute minimum necessary of cleaning for it to be okay for today at least? So when can I do enough for today and then putting it off until later so that when I pick up, pick it back up later, then it's, you know, I can finish it, but it's okay for now. It doesn't, you know, get out of control. So I personally am okay with not having an Ikea showroom house. I am okay with dust balls and occasional coffee stains. I'm okay with dust on surfaces. That's me. I am not heavily invested in a perfectly clean and organized environment. This is something that I've made my peace with. Other people are more invested in that 
than I am. And so they make that a priority in their lives and they sacrifice other things in order to have that. Like time by doing it themselves or money by hiring someone else to do it. So I decided not to sacrifice those things and having a perfectly clean environment. So this is ultimately about self-awareness, knowing yourself and what your needs are. So, so far we've talked about a lot about showing up and doing things even if you don't feel like it at the moment, etc. But there's a catch. And again, this is the part that can be really hard, especially for you hard workers out there. It's also important in this entire process to listen to yourself, to how you're feeling, your energy levels, your pain levels. You have a persistent pain somewhere in your body that is not going away. What is that trying to tell you? It's important not to dismiss those signals either. It's important to remember to take breaks. It's okay to pause. It's important to pause. When you've been working for 45 to 60 minutes straight, stand up, move around, go do something else for at least five minutes. Rest your eyes when it's lunchtime or dinner time. Go sit, have a lunch, watch a show or read a book that you enjoy or talk to someone. Unplug. Put your phone away if you can, or at least put it on do not disturb. So even if you're getting notifications, at least you're not getting that ping. Um, and do everything you absolutely can to have a restful night's sleep or restful 8 to 10, 7 to 10 hours of sleep if you sleep during the day. Unplug. When it's time to sleep, it's time to sleep. Truly unplug. In my case, I would say unplug sleep is about the most important thing I can absolutely do. It must be a priority so that I can function. When I go to sleep with my head running without putting away my worries, thinking obsessively about everything I have to do the next day, guess what? I already started the next day in bad shape because I won't rest. I will probably wake up with anxiety that during the night and then I will wake up feeling like trash and that's when my anxiety shoots up. So part of my anxiety management is to make sure that I get good sleep and that I work out. So I am also becoming aware of my monthly cycles, specifically as relates to anxiety. So beyond the regular symptoms of PMS and period, like cramps, sluggishness, mood swings, etc., I've noticed my anxiety spikes up and down throughout the month. So this week, I'm smack in the middle of my cycle and I feel serene and optimistic. Zero anxiety. But there are times during the month when my anxiety shoots up like crazy and I don't know why, like, I'm in the same circumstances than I was, you know, a, a week before or even better circumstances, but somehow, for, somehow my anxiety gets out of control. So um, I have to do a lot to manage it. I have to, to work on that constantly. So I, I am observing myself and listening and while I keep showing up and doing the things I set out to do because I don't want my random moods to decide when I get to accomplish my goals, I also make space in my schedule to just fall apart. And that is the other side of being your own project manager, your own assistant, to give yourself space to fall apart. If you're the type of person that plans their day, it's important not to jam pack it 
um, to, not to have something scheduled every single minute of the day. I've done that before and it all ends in tears and misery. There must be breathing room. There is time in that day, plenty of time, not 15 minute breaks. Plenty of time to just lay there like a bag of laundry and let your mind drift. And if you are in those sensitive times of the month, if you're a human that has a period, then fall apart by all means. Cry it out, curse the world in your oversized shirt and your messy bun from the comfort of your couch with a glass of wine and a bowl of soup. That's what I do. <laughs> and slowly you start perfecting the art of putting yourself back together. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to fall apart because we're afraid we won't be able to put a, pull ourselves together again. That's not necessarily true, um, that you won't be able to pull yourself together again. With earthquakes, uh, from what I understand, um, it's, it's healthy, it's good for there to be smaller tremors that release the tension underground because that lowers the chances of a really huge earthquake from all that tension built up. So release the tension often, every day if possible. And then you pick yourself a cup and you keep going. And the more you do it, the, the better you get at falling apart, picking yourself back up. So it's all, all a constant play between pushing yourself lovingly, but allowing yourself to just exist, giving yourself rest. And it can only be done, not with crazy apps and schedules, but listening to yourself and being very focused on what your goal is with whatever your project is. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Social Media Blues. Um, by the way, I started doing like a weekly IGTV check-in type of thing on uh, Social Media Blues, Blues' Instagram. Um, I posted it last night. I had a lot of tech issues because, I don't know, technology sucks sometimes. But um, I posted my IGTV video last night on Social Media Blues. So it's going to be like a weekly check-in um, about whatever topic is on my mind. So last night I talked about um, paid boosts on Facebook and Instagram. Is it okay? Does it work? Um, what are those about? So anyway, I was just sharing about that. So be sure to check that out. And let me know if you, if you have used paid boosts before and what your experience has been with them. Um, yeah, so tune in you know, next Tuesday on Instagram or next week on Thursday for another episode of Social Media Blues. Bye.